the Reds got an important mop of the Nationals as they travel to Milwaukee for a huge weekend series going into the All-Star break. The wins are good because there's a real storm coming for the Reds, and it starts tonight. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. We are your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you are an everydayer, keep jumping in the comment sections. Let us know. We love hearing from you in the comments. We love talking to you on Twitter. We love talking baseball with you. On today's podcast, we're going to look back on a four-game sweep in D.C. while looking ahead to a pivotal three-game series this weekend as the Reds head into Milwaukee to take on the Brewers before getting to the All-Star break. We're going to look at the matchups. We're going to look at who we think will be hot, and we're going to look at what we think certain players need to do to ensure that the Reds finish this three-game set in first place heading into the All-Star break. Before we get into all of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, Jeff, uh, it was a good time watching Reds baseball over the last four days. A a rare four-game sweep of a major league baseball team. The Reds went into the nation's capital on a holiday weekend, no less, and took it to the Washington Nationals, taking all four games. There was a lot of good stuff in this game, a lot of positives. Uh, There were several times where if a mistake was made, you watched this team rally and and overcome it, uh, most specifically in that final uh, weather-interrupted game that ended up going extras. But this is just a fun team to watch, and there's a lot of great stuff happening right now. Yeah, I think my biggest thing from this game, from Thursday's game, is the fact that the Reds won it. I think we all would have been fine with, you know, three out of four. We'd have said, boy, look at that. Great series. Reds took care of business, did what they needed to do. I think they went an extra step by finishing off the four-game sweep because when you look at this Nationals team, they came into this series with the Reds having won back-to-back series against some decent teams. So it's not as if the Nationals were just laying down and ready to absolutely be destroyed. And on this series, we saw the Reds pretty much destroy the Nationals just about in every phase of the game. I mean, they hit at will. They ran the bases at will. They stole they stole bases as if it was an easy thing to do, Steve. This this was a, a a clinic for most of the guys that were trying to get the stolen bases. They pitched pretty well as well. Like I, I, I know that he only went three innings, but it was sandwiched around an hour rain delay, and Brandon Williamson gave us three very solid innings in this outing as well. So I, I'm very happy to see how the Reds really came together in this final game and said no. We're not content with just slinking on out of D.C. and getting over to Milwaukee with whatever happens in this game. We want the dub, and we're going to go get it. 
Well, and go get it. They did. You know, I, I said several times over the last couple of weeks, especially while looking at the schedule that the Reds are in the middle of right now and are heading into after the All-Star break, that I'm fine with series wins. It doesn't have to be a sweep. It's not that big a deal to lose a game here and there if you're winning the series. And in this particular instance, you know, I think it was nice that they battled through and got the series. Specifically last night, Jeff, there were a couple big moments uh, that were mental lapses that the players then redeemed themselves. None other more impressively than Nick Senzel. Uh, earlier in the game, if you recall, there was a fly ball to right center field hmm. that Benson and Senzel end up kind of looking at each other over and the ball. You got it, right. You got, you got, no, yeah, you got it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Senzel said after the game that that was on him, he needs to communicate better. He should have made that play. And, and I said it at the time uh, in our discord server, I was saying, you know, Senzel really should have gotten to that ball. He needs to take charge there. So when he's later in right field, a position that I've kind of hammered him on over the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks, if you've been listening, he's run terrible routes. He turns the wrong way and I get it. He's playing some place he's never really played before and if you've never played outfield right field everything is backwards the ball spins backwards things move differently so i understand why it is that way but the reds don't have the luxury of allowing him to learn on the fly so to watch him go out and make this spectacular game-saving catch in the bottom of the ninth and it, it did it prevented a walk-off <laughs> And watching it, I don't know if Nick Senzel saw the ball. I don't know if he really knew where it was and then at the last second saw it and adjusted to catch it or if he just stuck his glove up there and got lucky. I don't care. He made the catch. He saved the game. But then he wasn't done. And in the first at-bat of the 10th inning, hits a two-run homer that with that insurance run ultimately being the decider in the game, bailing out a very rusty-looking Alexis Diaz. So this, this was one of those wins, Jeff, that it, it helps to change the narrative. I talked about yes. this on the live show that we did yesterday after the game where – you know, I get why people still cling to that Cincinnati. Woe is us. Well, here they go. They're going <laughs> to blow the thing. I knew it was yeah. too good to be true. And, you know, they're making a believer out of me at this point. I turn the Reds on every day now expecting for them to win. And it's yeah. been a long time since I had that feeling. And it's just it's an exciting time to watch Reds baseball. And I, I get amped up every time I start talking about it. Yeah, we're going to talk here in a little bit about why that permeates this weekend, why that permeates the next six games between the Reds and the Brewers, that expectation and what the Reds need to do with it. But yeah, the, I mean, the plays that Nixon Zell made, like just to kind of reiterate, like you said, throwing his glove up there, like literally I'm going to do an imitation right now for our folks on YouTube and for our folks on audio. Basically, all he did was he threw his arm up and he jumped and he threw his body against the wall and he hoped that the ball would fall in his glove. Like, you could tell he had no idea where that ball was. And if the ball falls anywhere but his glove, the Nationals win. The Nationals walk it off, they score two runs, and the Reds get out of there winning three out of four. But it was just one of those moments where baseball is baseball and Nixon Zell comes through. And you're right, I mean, Baseball Savant has him as a negative uh, outs above average playing in right field. In fact, they, they do this thing where they say success rate that is expected on given plays and the actual success rate that the player has, he is 9% below what they expect the success rate to be on plays that he should be making. So that just kind of tells you where he is consistently, but it was nice to see him make that one play. But 
I mean, his home run made it the 20th straight game that the Reds have hit a home run in a game. They are one game away from tying the franchise record that was set back in 1956. But overall, like this was the kind of day that I sort of dreaded the, the long rain delay that forced this into a bullpen game. I really was kind of bummed because I think that Brandon Williamson had a shot to pitch deep into this ball game. If there wasn't that stupid rain delay, but the bullpen mostly did its job. Buck farmer had a very good first inning. His second inning was where he fell apart. Tony Santion, welcome back, got the victory, looked pretty good doing it as well. And you did mention that Alexis Diaz looked a little bit rough. I want to talk a little bit more about him uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But overall, the bullpen once again provided the Reds with the necessary outs that they needed to get the win. This is something that, yes, throughout this entire season, are they going to win awards? No. Are you going to see a bunch of these guys just all over national baseball talk radio and talk television? No. You know, nobody's talking about Buck Farmer. Nobody's talking about Ian Jabot. And as much as we love to hate on Ian Jabot, he's still pretty decent. It's just they get the job done when they need to. And that's all you can say about this bullpen. And that's all that you should have to say about this bullpen. Yeah, let's talk about Tony Santion for a minute because you know, it was really good to see him work his way back and be back on a big league mound. Uh, I think what we saw from him yesterday, uh, if you watched uh, while he was pitching, uh, his fastball was not really fooling anybody. Uh, right. Both of those big hits, that big contact came on fastballs. Uh, he, he wasn't able to get it by anyone, and I think that will come. Uh, he's still basically building up his arm a little bit. The breaking stuff, however, was filthy from go. So that's, that's something to be excited about. If his, if his breaking stuff continues to work like that, he's going to keep the hitters off balance enough and allow time for his fastball to catch up with everything else. Uh, by and large, I think it was a successful first outing. I mean, that's as high a leverage a situation as you could put him in at that time. Uh, first game back pitching in nearly a year on a big league mound. And here he is in the thick of it. And it wasn't pretty like we've been saying, but it got the job done. And I think this performance, the fact that the Reds mopped the Nationals, shows that they can pass the small tests. But guess what? They got a monumental test. Huge, huge test coming up this weekend. And it's really the sandwich here. We're calling it the sandwich series because they play the Brewers before and after the All-Star break. But the first three games of the sandwich series are taking place in Milwaukee this weekend. We'll tell you why it's so important Coming up next. Before we tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Game Time. There is no better way to get to the ballpark than Game Time. They've got the best last-minute ticket deals. The Reds will return to Great American Ballpark on July 14th, and it's going to be awesome. I'm already looking at Game Time. They've got some ticket price. They've already got $30 bleacher tickets, so you might want to get on the Game Time app and get in on that today. But hey, download the Game Time app and create your pro or create your profile and use the promo code Locked On MLB to get $20 off your first purchase. So there you go. It's a $30 ticket that just became $10 by using the promo code Locked On MLB. It's going to be that way the rest of the season, folks. Game Time is going to be your key to get into Great American Ballpark because the tickets are going to be hot even when we get to football season because this team is going to be in the thick of the playoffs race all season long. Even when we get to September, 
you're going to want to be getting on game time to get your tickets. So check them out today. Go to game time, create your profile, use your promo code locked on MLB and save $20 off your net, your first purchase. Uh, look, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed on the game time app. The Reds and the Brewers, as previously mentioned, uh, get a mammoth series going tonight in Milwaukee at guaranteed rate. Don't call me American family field beginning at 8, 10 PM. Eastern time. If you can be at the ballpark, that's great. But if you can't, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks as always for making lockdown Reds. Your first listen every day, every day is coming up Monday. We'll wrap up the Brewers series and put a nice bow on it and look back on what has been, and, and I say this even, you know, notwithstanding whatever the series uh, result is with the Brewers, this has been a magical first half of the season. And I say first half in quotes because obviously we're past the first half mark. It's just the all-star break, all this other stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Make sure you join us on Monday. All right, Steve, the sandwich series, which depending on how the Reds play, then we'll come up with the name for the sandwich of what – this sandwich series really is. Is it a Reuben? Is it a club sandwich? Is it a Philly cheesesteak? Whatever it you is. Hungry? I, I think I'm hungry. Um, I might go get some food after this. This is important. It is. It is important. Look, three games heading into the all-star break against the team. That's really going to be the only one that seriously challenges you for the division. I think, yeah. uh, Six games over the course of the two weeks, big deal. The Reds head into this with a two-game lead. Now, it would be nice had the Cubs held on in one yesterday and the Reds entered this series with a three-game lead so that no matter what happens, they would go in in first place. So that being said, I would like for Andrew Abbott to get out there and take care of business. And we're going to get into some of these matchups coming up in a few minutes uh, and what we expect and what we can see. The Reds can hold onto the division lead as long as they win one of the games. Uh, I, I think they're going to take at least two of the three. Uh, it's going to be hard to go into Milwaukee and sweep the series, uh, but I think the Reds can win two of three. I'm going to predict it right now. They're going to win the first game, and they're going to win on Sunday. Saturday, our good buddy Luke Weaver's on the mound, and you know how I feel about that. You don't think the statistical oddity will continue? I, I think that eventually that particular brand of luck is going to run out, Jeff. I, I think in a realistic scenario, two of three is, is a big deal for the Reds to go in and win. Uh, you know, it ensures that they remain in first place heading into the break. It can mm -hmm. knock the Brewers back and, and push them. Like I've said, I have predicted that eventually they're going to blow this team up in Milwaukee. I, I think that the ownership and the front office – for the Brewers are just looking for an excuse to start trading off parts. And that starts with Corbin Burns. And, yep. and if you're going to trade Corbin Burns, you might as well dismantle everything and start over. Yep. So I, I think if the Reds can push the Brewers to be trailing by five or six games, say the first week after the all-star break, maybe by that final series of July, the Brewers are going to blow it up at the deadline. And then yep. it really becomes the reds in the driver's seat the rest of the way uh just just trying to stay healthy and get to the postseason so uh, that's how pivotal this is this can start that dismantling process for the milwaukee brewers and can really change the entire narrative of the national league central 
Yeah, let's let's give him a little push, just a little bit of push more toward the sell line. Because you're right, they trade off Corbin Burns, they might as well trade off Freddie Peralta. They trade off Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, they might as well trade off Devin Williams. They might as well trade off Christian Yelich. They might as well just blow the whole thing up. And who knows, that could happen, and that would be amazing. Because you're right, I totally agree with you. I don't see the Cubs creeping up into this race. In fact, I got a text from our friends over at Locked On Cubs uh, who said that uh, the Cubs had every right to sweep all four games against this Brewers team. The Brewers bullpen is absolutely gassed. There's a lot of tired arms out there. Sound familiar? I think the Reds can take advantage of that in this series. And when I look for what the the reason that we're so excited about this series is, not only is it the six games that the Reds play before and after the all-star break, Steve, the Reds play the Brewers nine times in the next, I think it's two and a half weeks, I think is how we, how we break this down. So about 17 days, they're going to play them nine times. Do you know how many times they play them after that? They don't. A big bat goose egg. That's it. The only opportunity the Reds have to really separate themselves from the Brewers is in the month of July. So they absolutely have to make some, Hey, we're looking at four out of six. I'm looking at four out of six for the sandwich series here for the, for the, for the Reuben, for the Cuban, for the, for the Italian sandwich here, four out of six is what I'm expecting. We are not at the point anymore. We were uh, early on this season. You know, I would say, you know, just want him to win one, you know, don't get swept. Make it look competitive. No, we're not. We're well past that. We are expecting series dubs. And when you're talking about the final nine games of the season with the Brewers, the final, the, the six of the nine, you absolutely have to win two out of three because six of these nine last games are going to be in the, in the, I about said the state of Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee. So uh, I'm all riled up over here. Uh, but th- that's why the Reds cannot just be like, oh, gosh, golly, gee, we went 500 against the Brewers or we or we won two out of six. At least we didn't get swept. You got to win. No, you're absolutely correct. And I think four out of six, that is probably a little optimistic, be, to be honest. I mean, Milwaukee's not a bad team. They're, they're right. a decent baseball team. And so, and you're talking about the, the true only other competition within the national league central. Uh, they're going to be trying just as hard to win these games because I, you know, they see it the same way that you and I do. This is, this is not some big secret that you and I have uncovered. They know how big these games are as well. Uh, I think if the reds take four of six, two, two of three before and two of three after the all-star break, that is huge. That is as just as big as it can get. I, I mean, it's unrealistic to expect that there's going to be a sweep on the either either side of yeah. the all-star break. Uh, if it happens, great. But I'm certainly not counting on it, uh, especially uh, when we know for sure that Luke Weaver is pitching one of those games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I'll do two or three. I'm I'm with you. Two or three before the break. Two of three after the break, and we head into that series, that four-game set with San Francisco, with probably a four or five-game lead in the National League yeah. Central, and that's that's a great spot to be because that San Francisco series is going to be tough. I, I mean, yeah. I, mean we, I think I think when we get to that and break it down, but spoiler alert, I think that's probably going to be a split. So uh, I'm 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 hopeful that there's a four or five-game lead in the Central when we reach that point. And I don't think that we're grasping at straw saying that the Reds should win four out of six. They absolutely have the ability to. If we've learned anything over the last month and a half, 
that this team with Ellie De La Cruz and with Matt McClain and with Spencer Steer heading up this lineup and with a little bit of Joey Votto sprinkled in and a little bit of Will Benson sprinkled in, they can absolutely win whatever game you put them up against. They can absolutely beat whatever pitcher you put on that mound because this lineup is absolutely one of the top lineups in Major League Baseball. I have no qualms saying that whatsoever. Now, we have seen a resurgent pitching staff here recently. The starting rotation has looked a lot better. We're going to definitely put that to the test in this series, in these next six games because the uh, the series right before Ellie De La Cruz was caught up between the Reds and the Brewers, the Reds were soundly beaten because they didn't pitch very well. And what will Alexis Diaz look like as well? Because we've seen a tired Alexis Diaz and we've seen a wired Alexis Diaz. That is going to be the differentiator because this Reds team can hit, but so can Milwaukee. So if they give up a lot of fat pitches for the Brewers to hit, this is not the Nationals. The Nationals were a singles or bust team. They hit one home run in those four games, and it was the guy that just got called back up from AAA. The Brewers are not going to do that. The Brewers are going to just clobber some tough pitches. So the, the Reds pitching staff needs to continue its resurgence that it's had over the last 10 days. Well, coming up, Jeff, we're going to we're going to talk about some of these matchups. We're going to talk about what we realistically expect from some of the Reds players. We're going to answer questions like, will the Reds starting rotation be able to continue to build upon what's been a a great turn through the rotation for the most part? Uh, We're going to answer the question, will Alexis Diaz be available for two of the three games maybe in this Milwaukee series? Uh, We're going to answer all that coming up right after this. The Reds and the Brewers are going to start this mammoth, huge, vastly meaningful baseball series in July. They're going to start that tonight as the Reds take on the Brewers. First pitch is at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. You can also follow this podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Thanks so much to all the hundreds of you that showed up for that delayed live yesterday after the weather and the extra innings. We had a blast. If you missed that, make sure you click the uh, subscription button and the notification bell on YouTube and you won't miss it next time. You will get notified when we go live. You can also join our community on Discord. Uh, we were I was on there for the whole game, Jeff. Had a blast talking yeah. baseball on Discord all through out the game a lot of great baseball interaction there so if you want to join us in the discord community just click the link that's in the description of the episode you're listening to right now you can also join subtext by texting i'm in to 513-597-0944 and that's going to give you a direct line to jeff who's going to be talking about trade rumors and uh rumors of all kinds waiver wire stuff he's going to have the inside scoop for you and you will have a direct line to him that's at subtext all right key matchups jeffrey because there is uh, a lot riding on this series uh let's just call it like it is um you know it's halfway through the season i don't want to i don't want to oversell it and talk about you know the the importance of it but it's really important it's not quite playoff baseball but it is in fact um meaningful impactful baseball that could lead to playoff baseball so uh we're gonna need some things to happen right out of the gate talk about a marquee matchup friday night eight o'clock p.m corbin burns 
Andrew Abbott, the the Reds and the Brewers are going to rumble. Last time it, out, yeah. both of these pitchers had had great starts. Uh, for Andrew Abbott, if you recall, against the Padres, seven and two-thirds innings, he allowed one run on four hits, struck out 12 guys in that game, and only walked one dude. Corbin Burns, much like Andrew Abbott, he threw seven innings, allowed two runs on one hit, struck out seven while only walking two. This is a clash of the titans on Friday night. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this pitching matchup. And as a former Reds beat writer for the Inquirer, Bobby Nightingale always said, when you get this kind of marquee matchup, watch out. You might actually see the over get hit. And I know FanDuel's got the over at eight right now. Not even eight and a half. It's at eight. So that's kind of interesting to me. But when you look at these two dudes, I mean, Andrew Abbott, I think, has gotten to the point where we should expect him to pitch well. I don't think we should be surprised anymore. Like the the performances that he has put together have been absolutely phenomenal and he's only gotten better there's not been like a boy he needs to work on this like his first couple of starts we were saying yeah maybe he could you know fix the strikeouts a little bit they're kind of low he had 12 against san diego that was a good lineup like that's a very expensive lineup that he was just cutting down and mowing through and making them look like nothing. I, I, I can't wait to see what he can do against this Brewers side. And on the other side, I think Corbin Burns has just been doing it for so long. I mean, former Cy Young Award winner. And yes, there is the element of the Brewers could trade him this year, but it's not because he's been bad. It's because they just don't want to pay him. They're, they're doing the thing like the Reds did with Luis Castillo, where they haven't offered him a contract extension. And I think that they tried to like, like uh, tried to approach him before arbitration this year. And then they went into arbitration and the whole arbitration process just completely soured his whole idea of the Brewers. And so I think they're moving forward as if they're not going to keep him. So he's still pitching like a man that's mad and he's still pitching for a contract here, but I think that this is going to be an interesting situation where the Reds could get one over on Corbin Burns. Why? They're going to stack the lineup with a lot of talented lefties. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns being a right-handed pitcher, look for this lineup on Friday night to be absolutely lefty-loaded to start off. I'm talking about having Friedel, Fraley, Benson, Votto, and Ellie De La Cruz from the left side all in the same lineup. That is a lineup that can rake, my friend. Uh, that lineup can score some runs. And if, if the Reds can do that, if they can get to Burns early and Andrew Abbott can pitch like Andrew Abbott has been pitching, that'll be huge because the Reds actually need a little bit of breathing room for the bullpen coming off that whole rain-interrupted extra-inning debacle yesterday. So yes. if, if Andrew Abbott can go six or seven again, that will go a long way in allowing this bullpen to recover because I don't think that Alexis Diaz is going to be available in this game on Friday night. Uh, what would be much better is for the lefties to rake, go up by three or four runs, have Andrew Abbott pitch six or seven, and then you can pitch everybody else to close out the game. And then that mm -hmm. gives you the ability to use Alexis Diaz on Saturday and on Sunday before they head into the all-star break. Yeah, that was the, that was the most bummer of a thing of the rain delay from the final game in Washington is the fact that everyone like everyone, got used out of the bullpen. It wasn't like, okay, you know, we, we missed Sims or we missed uh, farmer over here. Like everyone farmers, definitely not available. Pitch multiple innings in that game. Sims has pitched a couple of nights out of the last three. He might not be available. I think you're looking at a bullpen that could be something like 
Daniel Duarte and Tony Santion and Fernando Cruz, maybe Alex Young. Alex Young didn't pitch yesterday, so he should be available. But uh, and, and and Alexis Diaz, if you absolutely have to have him, but I really think that they want him to be available for Saturday and Sunday's games, not necessarily for this very first game after having pitched such a stressful 10th inning there in Washington on Thursday. But the whole idea of this is the bullpen management is made much easier if Andrew Abbott can continue his run of form that we've seen here lately. Uh, I'll tell you this, though, Steve, and, and you mentioned this. We're looking forward to a big series, not just a big game, but a big series from Matt McClain, dude that has just been getting super unlucky here recently, especially when you look at the fact that he's still hitting the bar pretty hard. Yeah, you know, if you look at his slash line over the last week, you would say, wow, he's in a slump. You know, his slash line in his last seven games is 172, 333, 379. But the fact of the matter is, as you say, he's still hitting the ball really hard. In fact, his hard hit rate is 40%. If you look at league average on that statistic, the league average is 36%. So he's still hitting the ball harder, 4% above league average. So I think he's due. I think he's been getting unlucky. If you've been watching his at-bats, he's really just been missing some stuff. Things have just not quite been breaking his way. And I think he's due. I think he's going to have a breakout series. I think he's going to be a thorn in the Brewer's side heading into the All-Star break and kind of right his ship a little bit before he takes the break. Uh, you can kind of see him in the last couple games in Washington, you know, looking a little frustrated at times, looking like, you know, I need to do something here. And I think Milwaukee's where he does it. I, I agree. And and kind of looking forward, because we talked about Burns uh, going tonight, looking at the other pitching matchups, of course, we've got the uh, the winner on the mound, the man who just, the Reds just don't lose when he pitches. Luke Weaver is pitching on Saturday. Um, can they Do make it have- eight? wins Do you in a have row? any explanation for that? You know, the Reds have won seven <sighs> games in a row that Luke Weaver has started. And I'm talking about games where he's had 40 pitch first innings. He's given up <laughs> five runs in the first. He's given up four <laughs> runs in the first. And the Reds just keep, I mean, do they show up at the ballpark on those days? I'm like, well, boys, we got a man up today because, you know, I think so. I mean, what is going on? I think, I, I think it's like, you know, like, I don't know, like firemen, they hear about a really big fire, so they take extra equipment with them. Like, I think that Red's batters come into the ballpark. They're like, all right, Weaver's pitching. Let's uh, make sure we warm up real good here today. Let's let's hit this ball real hard. But, yeah, I mean, they got a chance to make it eight straight Luke Weaver starts. Now, that's not saying that Luke Weaver himself has eight straight wins under his belt. His last outing, however, was pretty nice and probably his ceiling. But let's see if he can build on that against the Brewers. He's going to be going up. Up against the Brewers righty Colin Ray, who he's had an okay season, a pretty nice season, about a quality start, averaging quality start every time out. And then you see on Sunday, we're going to have Ben Lively. It's basically all but written into the MLB app. If you go on the MLB app, it still says TBD, but they said on the broadcast, uh, we've seen it in writing. Ben Lively's going to be coming off the injured list and making the start on Sunday, and he's going to be going up against Wade Miley. And Man, that, that's gonna Don't suck. blink if you're watching that game. That game could be, yeah, over it's gonna in be a like quick one. An hour and fifteen <laughs> minutes. It could be ridiculous. 
<laughs> yeah, because Ben Lively is not he's he's a fast worker too. So yeah, that could be Sunday. That could be the ultimate getaway day game where they're just like, look, the All Star break's coming up. Don't throw us like five signs in a row. We're just gonna go bam, 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 bam. <laughs> like that's probably what that that game might be one to nothing. And you're right, like it's gonna start at one o five. It's probably gonna end at two thirty. Yeah, it's going to be exactly like that. I, You know, the umpire makes that twirly finger motion to reset the clock. You know, when Miley's on the mound, the home plate umpire may just stand back there. He the just whole stands time. there oh, just going like that. Yeah, it's going to be – Could be it could be a fun one to watch. Look, I'm, I'm excited actually for – let's talk about Ben Lively for just a second before we get out yes. of here. Um, I, I'm excited that he's getting back into the rotation before the All-Star break. Let's get that start. Let's see how he does. That, then everybody can kind of take a break. The Reds can reset the rotation, knowing what they have to work with, what the pieces look like. And then yeah. that not only sets the tone for the beginning of the second half and the equally as important three-game series with the Brewers to open things for the second half of the season, but it also allows Nick Crawl to really start to formulate in his mind what direction he needs to go as far as keeping this rotation viable until uh, both Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo come back in August. So I, I think it's really important. This this start, I mean, we're, we're joking about it, but the, the Ben Lively start to wrap up the first half, air quotes, uh, is important, I think. No, I agree. And you talk about coming back, and obviously it's something we'll cover as the All-Star break comes to an end and we welcome Milwaukee to Great American, but um, both teams are going to reset their pitching staffs for those three games. And you're talking about Andrew Rabbit, Graham Ashcraft, and Brandon Williamson going up against Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Adrian Hauser. And that that's going to be a big one too. So the Reds really need to make some hay here in these three games in Milwaukee, looking forward to seeing what they're going to get done here tonight because uh, Corbin Burns and Andrew Rabbit, that's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. Buckle up. Going to be a fun game to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Listen, that's probably a great spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Before we get out of here, don't forget you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on Monday. We're going to put a bow on this Brewers series, hopefully talking about a series win and how far ahead the Reds will be in first place as we head into the All-Star break. That's something else. And and we might just have a whole podcast where we just go, holy crap, it's the All-Star break. And the Reds are in first place. Oh, I almost forgot. Coming out of the All-Star break, they may call up CES. I couldn't go a whole episode without saying CES. (laughs) No, we could not. And uh, by the way, we're going to look back on this magical first half that the Reds have had. So make sure you check us out on Monday. Up until then, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? We're going to be watching for those transactions. We're going to be looking at the waivers. We're going to be listening to the rumors. And we're going to bring it all right back here and keep you locked on Reds every single day. I am going to go get a sandwich now. I almost broke our streak of CES references.